This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. That would be me. I am your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Good to be here. Good. To, excited to talk to you guys. Uh, last episode, I felt really loose, right? I typically don't share. I, I need to be more um, uh, business-minded. I need to maybe push my product out there more. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I'll, I'll get done recording. I put it up because that's my regimen. I like. I, I got to put one at least one up a week unless I have something going on. And, uh, you know, they're all not great. Sometimes I'm feeling it. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I don't want to do it. I always want to do it, but sometimes you don't, you're not in that. I felt loosey-goosey last week. I came off. I had a fucking stomach full of Skyline Chili. Caffeined up. Uh, I did not eat before this episode. We're doing a little earlier. I typically record on Wednesdays. It's a Tuesday. My wife's trying to throw me off. Her schedule got switched around a little bit, but not going to happen. Not going to throw me off. This is the MMA Takes Podcast. If, you, if you're listening for the first time, we're going to go over everything from UFC uh, Covington, Newark, Newark, New Jersey, Covington, Lawler. Break that card down. I have a lot of pins. This might be the piss off episode, the piss people off episode. Um, I, I follow a, a ton of people, a ton of handicappers. Uh, if you're in the MMA business and you give me a follow, I'm going to follow you back uh, at MMA Takes on Twitter, um, at MMA Takes Podcast on uh, Instagram. So if you follow me, I'm going to follow you back, right? If you're in the MMA game, if, if you respect MMA, I got a couple new followers this weekend. Shout out to those. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm talking to you. Um, trying to get my follower count up. That's what everyone cares about. Like how many followers you got? I can't tell you how many times people have clicked on my profile, saw how many followers I have. I was like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Let's not do that, right? Let's 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 let's, let's support each other. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of people that I follow, a lot of people I respect. A lot of their opinions got thrown out there this weekend about Colby Covington, about Cyborg. I'm gonna address all that uh, a little bit later, and uh, I just feel like this might be the piss off piss people off episode because. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an even kill guy. We'll get into it later. You know, I start the show a little loose. It was my birthday Sunday. Let's just go there. Okay. Happy 33rd to me. Um, it was a great weekend. I had a, I had a really great weekend. The, I love the midday card. I absolutely love that. Wife had to work uh majority of the day Sunday. I was with the baby with my little one watching the uh, fight. She was great. You know, charge that iPad up, give her some snacks, change her diaper when she needs it. And she's a fucking trooper. Um, but I love the midday car fights. I mean, starting at 12, you kidding me? That's awesome. My, my daughter didn't wake up to like 1030, right? We had like an hour and a half of Peppa the Pig, and then I was fucking onto the fights. Um, so, yeah, Saturday night, we, we originally were going to have plans to go out Saturday night. Wife came home a little tired. I didn't really want to go out. You know, I'm 33. The birthdays, they don't mean all that much anymore, right? You know, uh, you know at my 30th, she surprised me with a, a birthday party, and it was a roast. Um, unfortunately I only have about, well, I have funny friends, but maybe I only have like one really funny one. That's Austin. He was the only one that roasted me. He fucking did a wonderful job. I have since wrote about 15 roasts for him. If it ever comes a day, I get asked to roast him. So I'm prepared. So he's sweating his boots a little bit, but yeah, I mean, once you hit 30 and maybe 40, 50, whatever on the, the, the zero numbers birthdays. Don't, I mean, you know, I mean, 33, it's kind of a, you know, I'm right there. I'm still young, but I'm also old as shit. Um, you know, it is what it was, but so yeah, so Saturday didn't do anything. Sunday had dinner with the folks, 
with the wife and the baby. Um, went to a Italian. An Italian, you know, no. A Parmesan, no. Every time I go to an Italian restaurant, I do that. My my family gets very embarrassed. But uh, nice Italian. And then, you know, the thing was, it's funny. My wife and I, we went out Sunday for my birthday for lunch. And then there's a, a t-shirt shop down in uh, downtown Cincinnati. Downtown Cincinnati is awesome. If you've never been to Cincinnati before, I highly recommend staying downtown in the city. It's amazing where we live. We're in the, we're in the burbs, but we're about 15 minutes away, 10 minutes away from downtown. So uh, I, I like where I live because I'm close proximity to downtown. There's energy in a city, in every city, really. But downtown Cincinnati is really making some strides. It's, it's awesome. Um, so we went down there. We hit up some shops and stuff. And my wife's just like, well, you know, I didn't want any presents. And and, and I, I, I wanted, you know, I think I, I explained to you guys the Apple dilemma where I had gift cards to the Apple store. I wanted to buy Final Cut Pro. They're like, well, that's an app store gift. It was very confusing. I don't want to get into it again because my blood will boil. Blood's going to start to boil. So I'm not going to do it. Anyway, um, I, you know, that's all I wanted. I wanted I wanted that software. I want to try to get things rolling this way and, 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 and put out more content for you guys and all that stuff. You know, I've been over it before. So she's like, you want this T-shirt? You know, we told each other no gifts. I'm like, I don't want any gifts. You know what I mean? That mean, you know, let's let's save our money for our little one. Let's save our money for what you know. We're getting doors put in. We, I mean, we already got all the doors, but let's just save our money, right? That's my big thing. Like, I don't need anything. Trying to, you know, there's ten shirts I probably wanted, and I was like, no, nah, it's okay. And she's like, let me buy you this, let me buy you that, let me buy. I'm like, I don't really want anything. So I was pouting essentially. I mean, this is subconsciously, but uh, I was pouting because I'm like, man, this fucking apple store gift card thing really pissed me off i really want final cut pro and i'm not getting it you know this is what i'm saying eternally but i'm pouting when she's offering me she's been over backwards offering me to buy whatever she want you know whatever i want and uh so finally we're sitting there and i guess she made a deal with uh my father and uh they both at dinner gave me the money to get the final cut pro so unbelievable wife i mean this is, this is me bragging about my wife and my family they're they're absolutely so generous a 33-year-old man like myself just pouting, just being a little baby because he's not getting what he wants. Um, and I didn't even know I was doing it. Like, reflection, looking back, I'm like, oh, I was being a fucking idiot. At the time, I didn't know what I was doing. But now, obviously, it's pretty clear I was pouting because I, I wasn't getting what I wanted. But um, she's incredible. I mean, the wife, the wife's awesome. I mean, I, I, it... it, it you know, I'm not going to get emotional. This isn't one of those podcasts. Maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll start a podcast to talk about how much you love your wife. But yeah, she's she's unbelievable. Caught me off by surprise. I don't get surprised very often. So I got the I got the thing. So more content. We're coming. I actually bought a camera today. Um, we're going to Disney World. Shout out Disney World at the end of September. Obviously with the baby with my with my in laws. We're going. We're staying about a week. I've never been. Wife loves it. The ba- you know the kids are gonna love it. Um, my in laws go like all the time. They work for an airline so they fly down just stay like a weekend like all the time I mean, they're in their 50s and they they love it so i've never been but it looks awesome we've been watching these videos and i've been seeing a lot of people filming stuff and it gives me an excuse to get into camera as well because you know a lot of a lot of people have asked me and when i say a lot i say about 10 if i'm ever gonna do a video podcast now i did shoot video with austin for the for the awesome podcast um final cut pro is gonna help me edit that obviously however my phone, I mean, I have a, an iPhone X, whatever, 64 gigs. I deleted so much shit off that thing because I, I knew this was going to happen. I'm like, I need at least an hour of, of be able to record time. So I put it up on my little makeshift fucking rig here and uh, did the awesome podcast. Awesome, right? It cut off about 30 minutes. 
the phone had too much memory on it. Like, or it was like, oh, you can't record anymore because you're out of storage. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to get a camera that independently doesn't do that. So during my research of getting cameras, they all fucking shut off after 35 minutes. Like you have to be like cognizant of that. I'm not going to hire someone to stand behind the camera when it shuts off to turn it back on. We got to cut. Like, what the fuck's going on? I'm sure there's a workaround in the cameras that probably don't do that are in the thousands of dollars. I don't need that. So more content's coming, essentially. Long story longer. Got a camera. Um, going to debate maybe if I'm going to do some video podcasts. I'm definitely going to uh, do some things different. Maybe shoot some of my own footage. Maybe it'd be obviously nice to have. Maybe reach out to some of the local guys that are here in Cincinnati, do some interviews with them. All, uh, things are possible, right? Things are rolling. I'm trying to get... I mean, if you stay in the same place, you're doing the same thing, you're not going anywhere, right? Um, so I'm trying to trying to get better, right? And it, it's and we're getting there. So all you loyal listeners, the people who reach out to me on Twitter, the friends I've made, I consider you know Devin a friend at this point. We made we literally um, just communicated via the podcast, and uh, he's a great guy. So and we hit it off. I mean, I love talking to MMA people, people who really know MMA, because. It's it, there's a guy at work. I'm not, he doesn't listen to podcasts, so I could probably say his name. I'm not going to. He, him and I are very competitive. I'm an alpha male, right? So I'm fucking very competitive. And you know, we have a swimming contest that we're gonna do. I used to swim when I was a kid. Uh, from like, my mom wouldn't let me. I played baseball. She wouldn't let me play football. So during the summer, um, before I played soccer and all that, and during and during baseball, I swam for uh, the swim club up the street from me, where I grew up, and. I was a little fucking dolphin. Your boy, your boy was a fucking dolphin. I was good. And coincidentally, that was our team name. We were the dolphins. Um, now, obviously that was probably 120 pounds ago and I haven't swam, you know, competitive. I was on the swim team for, you know, several years. I was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't the best on the team, but I was fast. I had one good stroke. This guy's like, I'll beat you. Right. When I was on vacation, I had my wife film me doing laps in the pool and I sent it to him. Like I'm fucking warming up for you. He has since backtracked. Anyway, this guy thinks he knows everything. He's better at everybody. What, I mean, today he was like, what's your handicap on fucking putt-putt? Uh, uh, what's your best score? Like, I, what, I haven't been putt-putt in a couple of years. And if I did, I kept scoring immediately forgot it. Like, either I won or I lost. Like, what do you mean what's my best score? Um, he's a character. I mean, I love him. I, I love the guy. Like, I've grown to love him because he's so weird and his brain works on a different level. However, he told me one day, he's like, Someone said something like, uh, you know, he, he was saying something about he knows more about sports than me, which is which is crazy. And then someone, a, a buddy of mine who who does know the fact that I run a podcast about MMA and I've dedicated, you know, half my life to loving this sport and knowing everything about it. I was like, yeah, well, Brian knows everything about MMA. He goes, what's there to know? I know more than him. And it was like, are you can just just take a back seat for once, buddy. And he called it the other day. He goes he can't and he, he has since conceded that he doesn't know more than me. He came up to me the other day and goes, how many ultimate fighting champion leagues are there? That was exactly what he said. And I said, I can't talk to you. I, I, I'm not even going to answer your fucking question because that's so dumb. So meeting people via Twitter, via whatever, it's awesome to know there are people out there that obviously listen to the show, like what I say. And also they know their shit, right? I, that, that's what I love. Like I have a buddy of mine, Steve, who who loves MMA as well. However, he fills his brain with a bunch of other sports. I, I, I've been paying attention to Reds, Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to support any Cincinnati team, but Steve fills his pan with a lot of stuff. I'm a, you know, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals guy. I, I got half my brain filled with that, half my brain filled with MMA, right? And a little bit of Cincinnati Reds in there. 
but that's about it, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not super. I mean, I know the players in the league. I, I watch Sports Center. I, I, I watch sports, but I'm not. I can't pull the knowledge like I can from MMA. So meeting other like-minded people is awesome. So birthday weekend, great. Uh, videos coming, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to spice some things up here. We're gonna try to do some things. Um, we're gonna try to make it. You know, you know. I see people. Uh, you know, I, I I got a job offer. I'm not gonna. Well, I didn't get a job offer. I, I got reached out to apply for a job. It wasn't via LinkedIn. It was via a company or a website, whatever you want to call it. They're growing. Um, I don't love what they do, right? And it, it'd be it'd cool. They said they could probably pay me like 100 bucks a day, which is awesome, right? Every day I worked, I guess. I would work from home. Nothing would change. I'm not really sure how the, it would affect this. I never even got that far. I, I've looked into their content and I've looked into what they do. And it's not my scene. It's not really what I would do. I, I've seen them before. I follow them on on Twitter, and I and I support them because they're a, an MMA company that's just starting out. They started in 2017, and and they're making a lot of things, but they're getting kind of cheap views and cheap clicks. And you know, I just it wasn't really for me. They kind of reached out, want me to write for them, and then that would lead to other things. But uh, I politely declined. I'm not going to put them on blast or who it was or, or or whatnot like that. It was very generous. They did this on. I think it was early Friday morning. I got an email and I kind of ignored it. I thought I signed up for something um, with that website or, or or I clicked a button or something or my, my daughter has my iPad. I thought maybe she like subscribed to the YouTube channel. I don't know what it was. I kind of ignored it. And then when I finally like on like Saturday night or whatever it was, I went was pillaging my inbox and I saw that and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, this is this is kind of real. So, um, yeah. So but, you know, the, the opportunities are, are coming, but it's just it's not exactly what I want to do. I have the the privilege and honor to be picky right now. And uh, so I'm not going to do that. But um, yeah, so more content will be coming from me. Try to change some things up here. Try to do some, add some things to my repertoire. Try to be a little better at, uh, at putting stuff out. And uh, yeah, so that's that. And then uh, a little thing before, we're going to get, uh, we're going to get in all the, the UFC stuff. You know that uh, I fell at work on Friday guys. And when I go, I get to get a physical every year, every two years for my job. And basically the, the past two years, well, like two years ago, I had this doctor who was, uh, this girl was a 10. I mean, she was like 20. I have no idea how, she's like Doogie Howes. I have no idea if she was a doctor. Basically fat shaming, right? Said, well, your neck's too big and, you know, here's some sleep apnea stuff and all this stuff. And I was like, I think I'm okay. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not like super obese where I can't walk. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I think I'm okay. But, you know, I, I, you know, that's what doctors do, whatever. That's fine. This last time I went, this guy, little pipsqueak guy, was really concerned about my knees. And again, I'm not that big. I'm young enough. I'm not really worried about it. I've never had knee problems. He goes, just drop a few pounds. Drop like 10 pounds. Well, joke's on him because I've dropped 25. But um, he goes, yeah, you know, just I'm worried about your knees. You know, and I said, well, last time I said she was worried about my neck and sleep apnea. And he goes, yeah, your neck's right on the cusp. I was like, yeah, because I'm a thick dude. I'm like a Samoan. I'm, I'm, I'm dense. And he goes... Well, I didn't really say that, but he's just like, yeah, just watch your neck. You know, I know you're a big guy, you're a young guy. You seem to be in, you know, like you can, you know, or, or in capable shape. He said capable shape. And that's like, yeah, I mean, I know I, I could lose some weight. So I have anyway. Um, but for whatever reason, that the fucking knee thing I put in my head, right? What I do for a living, there are guys who big or small, no matter weight or size, they have some knee injuries. Um, so I'm walking on this, you know, I'm not going to get into it because, I mean, I, I might sue the company. I'm not really, I, ah, am I kidding about that? No, I, I, I wouldn't say that on a, on a podcast if I was suing a company. Um, but, I, I, but I wasn't paying no attention to what I was doing and I, my foot fell between these two platforms 
and I went down and I landed awkward on my foot, kind of hyperextended my knee, got a huge side bruise on my knee, this big lump, tore some skin off. It, it was gruesome. And so I was walking around, like, you know, my coworkers around me, like, oh, I'll go walk that off. So I'm walking that off and I'm just, you know, pacing back and forth. And I didn't want to look at my knee because I legitimately thought my knee scraped off. I looked down, a little bit of a scrape, not a big deal. A um, little bit of swelling, a little bit of bruising, which again, not a big deal. But I was walking and I was like, man, this is, this is kind of sore. And I've never had a knee problem before. And that fucking pipsqueak doctor in my head keeps going, yeah, you got to lose some weight for a knee problem. And that was like a year ago. And I feel like a thousand years old at this point. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is terrible. Am I really going to have a knee injury right now? Cause it was, it was stiff. Cause I, I hyperextended, landed weird, banged it up on the fucking platform on the side. So it was one of those things where I, I panicked a little bit and was like, God, I hope I don't have a knee problem. Came home, iced it. My wife had this, um, she got a wisdom tooth pulled. She had like an extra wisdom tooth. I don't know if she's a weirdo. So she had this like black thing that you freeze and it wraps around your jaw. Like it's Velcro's your jaw. I just threw that on my knee Friday night. Took a, yeah, I don't like taking medicine, but I did take some Tylenol and I'm fine. You know, knee's fine. Everything's good. Got a bruise. I don't bruise Izzy. It's a pretty big bruise. So I, I banged it up pretty good. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. It's not a big deal. But uh, I want to, I just wanted to talk to you guys. You know, if you fall at work and it's probably work's fault, you know, maybe, maybe look into a lawyer. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe take some time off. You know what I mean? Maybe like, hey, listen, because I know I've known a guy that I work with that fell off, uh, fell off and hurt his ankle and uh, took two weeks off unpaid. And if he would, if it would have been significant, you would have got, you know, workers comp or whatever, the, whatever the program they had. But yeah, he took it. And then, you know, a couple, couple people floated that my way. I just couldn't do it because I wasn't, I wasn't significantly injured. If, if my knee was fucked up, then we'll, we'd have problems, but I'm okay. I got fucking bones like a rhino and skin like elephant. So we're good. Um, right before we get to the, uh, the, um, UFC Newark, Covington, Colby, or excuse me, Covington Lawler. There's some horrific shootings that are happening. This isn't a political pop podcast. I'm not going to push a political agenda on anybody. But the um, you know the Dayton one obviously hits home because it's 45 minutes away from my front door to an hour maybe. I'm not exactly sure like how far it is, but it was it's close enough. And then the El Paso one, and then Gilroy, California, um, at the Garlic Festival. All these mass shootings are just fucking awful. They're so terrible and. Um, my heart goes out to everybody, right? You know, for the Dayton families, for the El Paso, for the Gilroy families. Um, I'm glad that the cops in Dayton uh, subdued the, the the piece of shit that did this in like 30 seconds, I said. But uh, he still killed uh, too many people. He killed one's too many. And then in El Paso, um, I think he killed 27 or something ridiculous. And then Gilroy, there was like little kids that were shot. And it's just... It rips my heart out. It's so senseless. It's so dumb. One of the few times, one of the only times I've ever cried over, I might have been a crier, and I teared up and cried. I was at Outlet Mall, and I heard about the Sandy Hook, and I heard about these little kids getting murdered, and I just, I couldn't, I wasn't even a father yet. I was not, and I, I didn't even think I was with my wife at this point, and I was so devastated. I was so upset. I mean, that's the one, I mean, there's, there's, you hear horrible stories. I deleted Facebook cause I was tired of hearing these terrible stories. You hear everything's negative and my brain goes negative. I'm not optimistic. So when I hear negative stories and I'm already thinking negative, it just puts this cloud over me. So I had to get rid of Facebook, but 
you you kind of dance around these horrible stories. I mean, there's shootings every day in Chicago, Cincinnati. There feels like there's a shooting like every other day too. So I, I you you kind of steamroll past that because it's almost like a way of life. But when you hear about little kids getting murdered and innocent people getting murdered when they're trying to have a good time or they're just out living their life and this piece of shit who's not happy with his life decides to kill people, um, it's it's just so tragic and it's horrible. And um, again, I just I, I, I can't express enough how how sad and heartbroken I am for all the families. I can't even imagine what they're going through. It's just a, such a sick time and. You know, it's it's not a good time. Also, you know, I kind of had to step step back from Twitter because this isn't a political matter. I have, you know, I, I don't really have a political stance um, on anything. Right. I'm not going to say it on here. I'm not going to put my agenda. I'm a guy that thinks people should think that the way you think doesn't determine how if I like you or not. Right. So I don't I don't really care. But I don't like when people, you know, people are very religious and, and the only thing they can say is prayers and uh, prayers to you and your family. You know, that's a, it's, it's a console, uh, you know, consoling mechanism. It's letting people know that you care about them. And, and it's, it's just a simple phrase that people say. And there's so many people out there on Twitter and, and that are pushing this, this anti-gun agenda. And it's like, oh, well, your prayers don't mean nothing. They're not going to help. Just let people grieve the way they want to grieve. Let people heal the way they want to heal. It's a nice gesture. You don't have to call somebody out because it's a nice gesture. I know that you know the president is the president, and everyone hates him, and they have a connection with that, and in in all that shit that's happening, that's fine. But I had to take a step back from social media because it's not the time and place to sit there and tell people don't say prayers, you know. And I'm not even a religious person. I'm not, but for someone to do that. And, and say, oh, that's not going to help. Who the fuck are you to say that, right? It's going to help somebody, maybe. Maybe that's what someone needs. So instead of pushing in a fucking agenda and saying all these things, whether and you're on the left or right, right? I don't want to hear about people who are the left saying gun control is this and the people who super alt-right go, well, this guy was actually a left. And none of that matters. All that matters is there's, there's innocent people dead because of senseless violence. Let's mourn these people instead of fucking trying to figure out how to fix the problem because the problem's not going to get fixed overnight because it is a problem. And you can you can be on the right and say it's a mental health problem, it's the video games, whatever the fuck. You can be on the left and say it's a gun problem. Let's just maybe take a break from that and mourn the people that, that we lost. Um, it, it, again, Sandy Hook hit me. There was a shooting in Cincinnati, I think a year and a half ago, at, at down in downtown Cincinnati, a place, a building I've been to numerous times. And, um, luckily there, I mean, not luckily it, it could have been a lot worse, I guess, that Cincinnati police responded in really, really quick time and, and, and took out that to the piece of shit. But, um, my heart goes out to everybody. Listen, I don't want to get serious on you. You know, I'm a, I'm a goofy goof. I don't like hitting you with the serious stuff. I felt like I had to address it. Um, I think El Paso happened, uh, last time I did the podcast and I didn't bring it up and Gilroy definitely happened before I did the last time I did the podcast. So um, with it being close to home and these three happening within weeks of each other, it's just so dumb. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, I, I can't even intelligently say how I'm mad I feel about what is happening and, and why it's happening. And, and, um, it just, it's sickening. It, it really, it bothers me and it should, it should bother everybody. Right. All right. So let me get my serious voice off. Okay. Serious voice is off. Again, that that's not the piss off part. I don't think that's gonna piss anybody off. I know there are some people out there who might be like, "Well, you should have said, 
you know, no one should own guns or whatever. Yeah, that's not my place. I'm not, that's not, that's not my realm. Okay. Um, you know, shocker alert, hot take alert. I don't vote. The reason I don't vote is because I'm not informed enough, right? I sit on the fence. I'm 50, 50 both ways. I don't vote because I don't want to be ill-informed and voting for somebody I don't know about. I don't want to get pressured into voting for anybody. Also, I don't want to get selected for jury duty. That's how they get you. You register voter, they'll get you jury duty. All right. USC Newark, Covington Lawler. Um, good card. You know, I did great. I had a $3,000 parlay bust on me because I picked Joaquin Silva. If you listen to the Pick'em podcast, I picked him in a rush. I didn't love the pick, but I picked him. Um, I had quite a few underdogs on here. Um, am I underdog lock of the night loss? Am I lock of the night loss? I believe, right? Yep. So those two locks really shit the bed for me. Um, but other than that, I did great. So the first fight of the night was uh, Mario. Actually, this probably wasn't the first fight of the night. My paper is different from what actually was the first fight of the night. So um, I'm going to go just in order of what I have it. So I apologize if you're like, that wasn't the first fight of the night. You fucking idiot. Um, Mario Romello Bolero versus Lauren Murphy. Uh, I picked Lauren Murphy as an underdog. She's plus 140. Great fight for Lauren Murphy. Tough as nails. Awkward body for that for that weight class. You know, she's kind of an interesting bird. I think she's kind of hippie. A little bit of a free spirit, which I kind of like. But beautiful uppercut to a knee and in finish Borella. It was, it was an awesome fight. I think she might have even been losing that fight. But underdog cash from me. Cha-ching. I need to get a fucking cash register sound. Cha-ching. Um, I did bet this fight singly. I, I, I put this up. This was not in my parlay. I, I put this up uh, just as a single bet. I was... Confident Lauren Murray, but again, this was my bowl of spaghetti fight, I believe I said. So it, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't that confident in it. All right, next up, you had Match Danger Snell versus Jordan Espinoza. Shell won. Listen, Snell, a guy who who I said Ariel needs to have on a show, he was on his show. Is, does Ariel Hawani listen to my show? Probably. You know, why wouldn't he? But uh, I'm glad that that that, that uh, they didn't have fucking Steve-O on again. And they had Matt Schnell on because the guy deserves it. Um, he looked great, right? He he's he's awesome, right? Espinoza. I picked Espinoza. Got this fight wrong, but I'm gonna get props to Snell. It was, it was it was a clean fight for him. He got cracked with the right hand. I was worried about his chin. He took it well. Uh, Espinoza. My problem was I don't I didn't think he'd go three hard rounds, and I, I think I was right. I think he kind of maybe had a little bit of an adrenaline dump. If once he cracked Snell and Snell didn't go down, shot a lazy takedown, was in a choke for a little bit, got out of the choke. Snell transitioned to a triangle beautifully, beautiful setup. He's got a great triangle. You don't see a ton of triangle finishes anymore. Snell finished it. Uh, he looked really good. I love what he was saying after the fight. The post fight was great. Um, this kid's a problem. This kid can be a real problem. As long as he shores up his defense, he's got fast hands. I think he's got good stand-up, not crazy power. Um, and his ground game's lethal. I mean, it truly, truly is. Espinosa is a good grappler, and, and he got him out of there in the, in the first round. That's a really impressive win for Snell. I like him at Bantamweight. I know he talked about saving the 125ers. He wants 125 saved. That's fine. Um, there's not a ton of guys in that division right now, but I like him at Bantamweight. I don't like that extra weight cut. Uh, good win for Snell, though. I'm, I'm mad I got that fight right. Uh, next up, we had Claudio Silvia versus Cole Williams. Cole Williams, a guy who I said had good value. He landed like a pretty good right hand, and, and Silva took over. I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it was, that was it. I mean, Williams missed weight by six pounds, five pounds technically. He looked like a fucking busted can of biscuits in there. He had a belly on him. He looked like he got off the tractor and then put down the beer and tried to make weight. Uh, the inconsistency of him fighting the 11 and one record, never making it to UFC. There's all these red flags. I can see why Silva is that high. Um, I hate it. I, I didn't bet this fight at all. I picked Silva to win. Obviously Silva won. 
He was a minus 400 favorite. Probably could have been a minus 1,200 favorite. He's beating Cole Williams every time. Cole Williams, um, again, I would maybe like to see him in shape before I pass judgment on him because he took this fight on short notice. Hasn't been super active. Obviously, he's you know, been drinking some beers. Um, but yeah, I, I like to see him maybe in shape and then we'll get an opinion on him because he kind of came out with his hands down, threw a nice right hand, but uh, didn't really show me else, show me anything else. And Silva's so fucking lethal on the ground. Next up, Scott Holtzman versus Dong Yang Ma. Scotty Hot Sauce Holtzman, another big favorite. I wasn't crazy about this fight, did not bet this fight, got this fight right though. And I had Scott Holtzman, Dong Yang Ma. Uh, I just like saying Korean names, Dong Yang Ma. Um, you know, a guy who's had a little bit of a chin problem, a uh, little bit of, uh, you know, he's been finished quite a bit and him and he cracked Holtzman, Holtzman cracked him. It was a very entertaining fight. I don't know if it got fight in or not. I think it should have. Uh, and then Holtzman put him away with a, with a big shot and, uh, good win for Holtzman. He's a good looking guy. He's built, he had a son in there. His son's cute. Um, you know, good looking dude and in shape and ready to fight and, and just don't know if he has the skills for that division. Um, if I'm being honest with you, uh, I think he's going to have some trouble with, with some guys that with some high pressure. He's going to have trouble with some guys that are kind of in your face. I don't think he separates himself just yet. I think he could. I think he, you know, I'm not really sure where he trains out of, what camp he trains out of. Um, but, you know, he's got a good record, got a good finish on his record now, has fought some tough guys. Obviously, a step up in competition is going to happen now. So we're really going to see where he lays when he starts fighting some of the top 15, top 10 guys at uh, 155, but uh, overall, he looked good. Next up, you got Jared Merskart versus Trevin Giles. This is my lock of the night. I had Giles. He got it wrong. Again, back-to-back, been burned on Giles. Fuck you. Or is it Giles? I don't know. I don't even want to pronounce your name right because you fucked me. Uh, Jared Merskart, a guy. L- listen, Trevin Giles' fight IQ is so bad. What are you doing? Jared Merskart had one way to win that fight, and I was on the ground. You're engaging him on the ground. I don't care how fucking good you think you are on the ground. When you can knock somebody out and your stand-up is superior and their ground game on paper is superior and you go, you know what? I'm good on the ground too. I don't fucking care. There's people who fought Damian Maya who was pretty good on the ground too and they're not going anywhere near the ground with him. Trevin Giles, I mean, you you killed yourself here. The fight IQ was really off. Uh, Merskart looked good. I mean, listen, this this, this guy, you know, I I called him out on the podcast. Not really called him out. I said, I don't think he's a finisher. I don't think he'd get a finish here. That's why I picked Giles. I said it wasn't like he's Damian Maya or whatever the fuck I said. Um, well, Merskart made me eat my words because Merskart went out and fucking uh, finished Giles, choked him out. Uh, killed him basically. Uh, and, uh, yep. So that was a big win for him. Uh, I think it was his last fight on the contract too. So hopefully he gets uh, re upped. Uh, a lot of people seem to like that guy. Respect him. Uh, next up, Antonio Shachenko versus Lucia Padova. This is a weird fight. So I, I have two W I have a little paper and I put W's on both women. I listen to the podcast back, which I normally don't do. I pick Padova, but I bet it Shachenko. So I don't know what, how am I going to count that? Am I wrong or am I right? Right. I bet Shachenko, straight up and um uh and i and i didn't want uh, yeah i better straight up i won I, I had a nice little turnaround on that whatever units i bet like two units on her let's if, if we're handicappers we gotta say units but i but on the podcast i picked Padova as the underdog i didn't have her marked down as an underdog I, I, that's a, a clerical error on me so i i technically marked it wrong in my total standings it went eight four on the night which is pretty good but um 
Yeah, so, I mean, that is what it is. Okay, next up, yeah, Mickey Gall versus Salim Tahari. Another underdog pick by me. This is a fight that made me nervous. This is one of my part of my parlays. Uh, Mickey looked great. Like, Rick, well, hang on. Mickey looked better. He looked in more shape, which they really emphasized on the broadcast. They said he's been running with his sister. He gassed in Diego fight. He's trying to get better. And he did. He looked good. Tahari, Salim, however you pronounce his last name. Pretty strong guy. Pretty good stand-up. Uh, Mickey looked pretty tough in there. This is what he does, though. He he kind of squeaks out a win, right? I mean, he wasn't overly impressive, but he got a good win in there against a good guy. It's probably his best win on his record, I would imagine. I mean, well, of course, CM Punk. I mean, CM Punk's, I mean, that's the standard. That's the holy grail. But his second most, comp- you know, good win, good name on his record. He's calling out Mike Perry, which I think is odd. I think Mike Perry would fucking eat him alive. Mickey is a work in progress still. He did the camp in Jersey, which I liked. They said on the broadcast, wasn't sure if he was out in LA again. I like him staying in Jersey. I think he's more focused in Jersey. I know it's a small town, small gym. There's training on the East Coast, bro. There's some, I mean, Frankie Edgar. You got Eddie Alvarez. You got some, you know, the Miller brothers. You got a lot of guys from Philly, Jersey, New York. Go to Long Island, train with fucking one of the best teams in MMA with Sarah Longo uh, and Wyman, whatever the, the gym is called. Sarah Longo is what I refer to it, but I believe Wyman's name's in there. Go up there. I mean, Long Island, Jersey, they're not fucking close, but it's better traveling across country, wasting a lot of money. California's expensive, bro. That shit's pricey. And you didn't look great against Diego, so I don't know if that investment was worth it. I mean, I think he went to Kings. Wasn't exactly sure where he went, but he looked better this fight. He looked more in shape. His stand-up still is an incredibly work in progress. He went from some good takedowns. He looked strong. Um, really odd that he had Celine's back a little bit. Celine was kind of stalling and kind of just, you know, buying his time and, and let him ride the back. And he, he tried to put his hook in a little bit, but I don't know if he really went for it. I think he was he I think he liked having position over anything else because I don't know if he could wrap it up. I mean, all his wins besides this one have been by rear naked choke. That is his move. He kept going for it. But I felt like he didn't want to fully go for it to give up position. Um, so I feel like there's some opportunities there. But you know what? A win's a win. Uh, an underdog wins. It, 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 an underdog win at that, too. Uh, next would be a Darko Stoziak versus Kennedy in Zuchuku. Uh, another underdog pick for me by Kennedy. Kind of a weird fight. A lot of fouls happened. Darko kicked Kennedy in the balls like three times. Uneventful fight. Kennedy did not look great. Darko did not look great. Um, it, it was supposed to be a, a stand-up war, uh, you know, in my, both stand-up guys, both strikers, expect a little more. Kennedy's very raw. He's long. He's lanky. He's kind of awkward. He throws really straight punches, but that's it. He doesn't really mix anything up that well. He's trying to throw some kicks in there. Darko was throwing some really good kicks until he caught, uh, got Kennedy in the nuts like three times, stopped throwing the kicks, but they didn't really do anything, right? It was it was kind of a weird fight. I thought Kennedy was winning anyway. He got the he got the points uh, in an underdog win for me. That's a three now, three on the card. Got him three underdog wins for me. Thank you. Uh, next up, you had Hannah Goldie versus Miranda Granger, another underdog win for your boy. She was part of my parlay. Granger, uh, listen, I, I saw some tape on her. I did not know much about her. I knew Hannah Goldie from the Contender series. Granger, I thought she would grapple more. She she's kind of a killer on the ground. She's got some really good submissions and really good grappling. Handy Goldie's a big, not a big girl, but a strong girl, right? She's she's powerful. She's really in shape. She's got fucking muscles for days. Um, so maybe that's why. Maybe she she took this fight on relatively short notice, so it was kind of a stand up fight, close fight. Granger kind of put more pressure on her, was landing more shots, but on paper, a pretty close fight. Granger, or excuse me, Goldie did not get the contract. She won on the containers, kind of series, but didn't get the contract. Both these females took this fight on short notice. Um, I like the underdog again. I mean, when you, when you take women's fight, generally, 
guys would take the favorite. People would take the big favorites. But I kind of like taking underdogs because it's kind of a, you know, if you especially if you don't see a lot of film and they haven't been in the UFC in a while and they're not established, it's a real toss-up. And at plus 145, she had tremendous upside. So uh, that was my underdog pick. So that was three. And then we, uh, and then uh, Joaquin Silva fucked it up. So my underdog, my parlay was, um, was Mickey, Kennedy, uh, Miranda, Joaquin and then Robbie. So I, I mean, Joaquin fucked it up, but Robbie lost too. But uh, Joaquin Silva versus Nasrass Hasbras, little mini Kelvin Benjamin. Um, Joaquin is so ripped. I mean, if anybody's on is on Grandpa's cough syrup, I, I think Usada should maybe test him. He is jacked, and he is way more jacked now than he was when he was on the the Ultimate Fighter Brazil or whatever he was on. Powerful guy, looked really good against Jared Gordon. Um, I don't, ha- I don't, I don't have enough eyes or viewings of Hasbras, and that's my own fault. Um, he looked good. He looked dangerous. Um, he's a, he's a super talented dude. He's tough. Uh, he's got good striking. He's got good counter. He's got good timing. Um, I'm worried about maybe cardio with him, but I think he got that shirt up. I'm worried a little bit about a really clean striker against him because I don't know how well he can mix things up. But he looked really good against a dangerous striker in, in Silva. Silva had some real hard time hitting him. His distance was great. His in and out was great. Silva has shorter arms. Hasbras was landing whatever he wanted to. Dominate the first round and then came out and finished him in the second round with a huge, huge right hand. Um, yeah, he looked great. I might, you know, he's not he's not going to be one of my guys yet, right? He's still early. But uh, I think this propelled him. I mean, this, this, Joaquin Silva is a fucking no-joke guy. I think this is going to be, uh, you know... Uh, jump up in the the rankings. Did they have him ranked? No, so he's not ranked. Silva, what was Silva ranked? Oh, okay. Then he wasn't ranked either. Never mind. They had a number next to his name. Okay, so yeah, lightweights look out. This dude, a lot of people who are close to the game, a lot of people who I trust their opinions. That is, they like this kid a lot. So I'm gonna need to get a little more eyes on him. I'm gonna need to pay a little more attention to him. He's been flying under my radar. That's on me. Um, but that's a big win for him. I can see why he's a big favorite now. He looked he looked smooth in there. He looked really smooth in there. I missed that one. All right, co-main event, Clay Guida versus Jim Miller. Tough fight to pick for me. I was all over the Clay Guida train. I like Clay Guida all week during the pick on my switch to Jim Miller. Kind of how I thought the fight would go. I thought it'd be high-paced. I thought someone would get hurt early. I didn't know both would get hurt early. Uh, Clay cracked Jim, rocked Jim. Clay rushed in, got stuck with a right hand. He got buckled a little bit, stepped in some potholes shot in like he does because his 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 instinct is to shoot he's a wrestler and got fucking his neck took in by uh by jim miller and jim miller's a killer when he gets on that neck choked him out fucking flat out dead guy was dead um it was awesome stuff it really was um and uh yeah good for jim miller broke the jersey curse and uh you know still talking about lyme disease i thought i'm not a doctor okay i think you guys know that by now but I feel like you can be, you can get rid of Lyme disease. I don't know. Boy, I don't know. All right. Maybe not. Jim Miller's a warrior. Sorry, I'm getting text messages from, uh, text messages from just everybody. Okay. All right. Next up, main event. Uh, Colby Covens is Robbie Lawler. Um, Listen, I picked Lawler. I thought Lawler, he was my lock on the night underdog. I think he ballooned up to close to a two to two to one underdog. You know, I 
usually when I, like last week I told you, I would take that fight nine and 10 times. I don't know about this because I think I misjudged Colby, right? I saw Colby's fight against Damian, wasn't impressed. I saw his fight against RDA, was impressed, but was like, RDA is a smaller guy, right? That's why Colby could do that because he's a smaller guy. Robbie's a big 170. Robbie had problems with RDA though, right? We talked about that. Um, but Colby's pressure, his stand-up looked better. I've, I've talked about how bad his stand-up is. It's like instead of throwing big shots and, and, and having this beautiful timing, this one knockout punch, he's kind of Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz. He's putting hands in your face. And then the minute you cover up, he's taking shooting your legs. He knows his game. Not to mention he took this fight on four weeks notice. His cardio was insane. Crazy. Some of the best cardio in the UFC. I don't think people talk enough about that. He's very confident. I loved his confidence. I don't love Colby. I've, I've, I've bashed him before. I've talked shit about his gimmick that he's doing, but it's working. It's fucking working. Um, the Trumps were there. Eric and Donald Jr. fucking giving them thumbs up. They brought their whole kids. What I respect, again, not, I'm not going to sit here and talk about politics and whatever. They were there from the first or second fight. The Trumps were with their families. You know, they didn't come for the, just the Colby fight. They came for like the first or second fight. They were there all night. I respect that. That's an Anthony Kiedis move. That's a pro move. A Wilder, Vamarama, Fez from that 70s show. That motherfucker used to show up first fight. I love that shit. So with the fight itself, um, let me put my paper away because I can just go off memory now. With the fight itself, Robbie, a lot of the talk was how bad Robbie fought. I, I didn't think Robbie fought all that bad. He kind of fights like that, right? He sits and he waits, he sits and he waits, and he throws bombs, and it usually works. Colby knew his game. This is a clear case of these guys training together and Colby knowing how to beat the guy. They they are the same weight. They train an American top team together. You know they went rounds together. You know they trained together. You know they've been in there with each other, and they know each other's weaknesses. Robbie thought Colby's going to leave himself open because he is hittable. And Colby thought, I can break this guy. Robbie, a lot of the talk was how bad Robbie looks. He made, a lot of people were talking about he should wash, he should hang it up. That's wrong. He, he should not. Okay. He looked in great shape. He, and, he, and he took the loss great. He handled himself like a professional. You got to love Robbie Lawler for that. He just, it was a bad night for him, right? He looked great against Ben Askren. He lost that fight controversially. This was a bad night for him. Colby just had a, a really good game plan. And Colby's pressure, that left hand, the body shots. Robbie was was kind of doing a lot of head movement stuff with his hands up high. Colby would shoot on the legs. He'd finish a lot of singles pretty well. He would take him down to let him get back up just to tire him out. There was not a ton of submission attempts. In the first or second round, I believe Colby had a couple chances of, of getting a rear naked, but didn't really go for it. Robbie tucked his chin really well. Um, there's a couple of neck cranks in there, but you're not going to fucking tap Robbie all there with that. So Colby decided, you know, like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to fucking probably submit this guy because Colby's not, you know, Damian Maya on the ground. I'm going to fucking piece this dude up. I'm going to outwork him. And that's what he did. Colby looked good. You know, they traded in the center of the cage and then he backed Robbie up the whole fight. A lot of the narrative was Robbie looked off because people don't want to respect Colby, just like I did it. I, I fell victim to it. I didn't respect his game. I didn't respect how good he was. He's that good. He's the real deal. When we saw that fight, everybody, collectively, we went, okay, most people maybe were like, fuck that guy. But collectively, we were like, damn, he's good. And he is good. His skills have improved. His cardio is a problem. His wrestling is a problem. Um, his confidence, too. I mean, people don't... don't 
take that into account. This guy is very confident. He thinks he can beat everybody. He looked really good against Robbie Lawler. I really, really doubted him for that fight. I, I, I was very confident in Robbie Lawler. I even gave that pick out to somebody who doesn't follow it. I said, put fucking money on Robbie Lawler. Um, and I'm wrong. I mean, Colby outclassed him. Um, but I don't like the narrative that, that Col- Robbie looked bad. Colby made Robbie look bad, right? Colby looked great. For a forward camp with a cut, he looked great. I know a lot of people don't like Colby right now because of what he's doing. We'll get into that. Um, Robbie is not washed up, right? He's not. This is a minor setback. I think he's maybe got three good years left in him because he's obviously taking his training seriously because he looks fucking in great shape. It's just a bad matchup for him. It's just, it, it was a bad game plan, bad matchup. I mean, if Colby took his fight on four weeks notice, then Robbie probably took it on four or five weeks notice as well. Robbie's got to cut a lot of weight. Colby doesn't. Colby probably walks around 175, 180 at most. He's shred city. He's shredded up. And he's not a big 170. He's a thin guy that, that fucking has insane cardio. So um, overall, really impressed with Colby Covington. I should have gave him more credit. Credit where credit's due. Um, I'm not a, a Colby guy. I've, I've, I've actually said some bad things about him on this podcast about the little bits and the gimmick that he's doing, but it's working. The guy's making money. He's headlining fights. He's going to get a title shot now. Um, the one thing that keeps popping up besides the fact that he supports the Trumps is that his comment about Matt Hughes about the, uh, I believe he said, um, maybe I should put it in. Let me find it here, boys. I'm going to find it for you. I'll put it in for that. Maybe I should edit this out and put it in. Is that what like pros do? Go edit out and then be like, oh, this is what I was talking about. But you know, I'm a, I'm a real dude. I'm a real guy. There's no editing here. You're going to hear it all. You're going to hear me typing and I've misspelled his name uh, three times. So that's what it is. Uh, okay, here we go. Let me turn this down so you don't hear it. So this is what, uh, this is what everyone was up in arms about. You'll hear the, you hear the audio in a second. Colby Covington's post-fight speech. People were saying, wow, classless, all these things, right? I'm looking at Robbie now, Robbie. You know, Robbie's clapping for him. Robbie, you look good. Look, Robbie looked maybe a little too much muscle, right? So here's a post fight. I'm here with your winner, here Colby Chaos Covington, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. And what you just turned in was one of the most impressive, inspiring offensive Get him, Manic. We have Get him, Manic. Volume with your wrestling, with your striking. I'd imagine you got to feel pretty good about your effort tonight. Congratulations on a monumental win. Yeah, I was truly inspired when the first family came in the building and came to me backstage. Let's give it up to the Trumps. They're in the building tonight. They're keeping America great. A lot of booze. I also want to thank the troops. Without the troops, Shout out troops. And, Shout you know, troops. our servicemen and women, none of this would be possible. They sacrificed our lives for our freedoms, and I wouldn't be able to do this today without them. You threw nearly 600 strikes tonight. The one thing, uh, he messes up like three times in this interview, stumbles over his words about Madison Square Garden, and someone said, make, him, uh, make English great again or something like that. Pretty good. Pretty good stab. If you're going to wear that fucking hat, that's a pretty good jab. Let's get back to it. Attempted 18 takedowns, took him down 10 times. How did this fight play out relative to your expectations coming in here tonight? Hey, let's talk about the lesson we learned tonight. It's a strong lesson that Robbie should have learned from his good buddy, Matt Hughes. You stay off the tracks when the train's coming through, Junior. Don't matter if it's a Trump train or the Kobe train. Get out the way. All right, so that was, we're not going to listen to the whole thing. So that was what he said. Now, for those who don't know, now you're going to know, Matt Hughes... 
I guess what, four or five years ago, got hit by a train and, and, and had significant brain injury and, uh, and all, uh, and, and had a, you know, they made documentaries about it on fight pass and whatnot. Um, but that's a good insult because people forget, listen, Cincinnati has a lot of train tracks, right? There's a lot. I live, when I got to go to a highway, I got to go over train tracks every day. I got to be by one every day. Well, I don't understand how my, and this is what might piss people off. Okay. We're going to get into it. I'm going to make some people mad. Fuck it. How does Matt Hughes get hit by a train? I don't know. Like, I don't know how it's possible. Like you're in small town, Illinois. So maybe there's no, there's no arms. There's no sirens. There's no whatever. I don't understand it. The reports I remember was he got in a fight with his wife and left Matt, him and his wife were having problems. If you read his book, he was a narcissistic egomaniac. Read his book that he wrote, right? Or go to Google and type Matt Hughes book excerpts. And it's crazy. It's crazy what this guy talks about, all right? He's not a good guy. Now, does that mean he deserved to get hit by a train? Absolutely not. But I don't hate the comment. I actually like the comment, right? It's not like Matt Hughes has rare bone cancer that can't be cured that he had, you know, unfortunately he got because that's just the way life is. He got hit by a train because why? It's not like the train went off the tracks and hit him at a stoplight, right? Something happened that no one's talking about. He is currently separated with his wife. His wife says he he hits her and he abuses her and they're going to get a divorce. And there was reports before he got hit by a train that was going to happen. Apparently he was texting like his nurse or something. Some shady shit going on. Again, I implore you to go read Matt Hughes or type in Google Matt Hughes book excerpts. Like you don't have to read the whole fucking book. You don't have time to listen to podcasts if you read the book. But just see some of the clips that this guy pulled. I remember reading it was on a form, maybe Sherdog, maybe Underground. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. He's not a great guy. That doesn't mean I, I wish that he got hit by a train. I don't like that he puts his hand on his wife, right? I don't like that. I'm glad. I'm, I mean, I don't wish death upon anybody. I'm glad he's alive. Um, obviously, he's got you know a, a, a problems with his brain and, and walking and stuff. He's come a long way. But let's not act like this guy was holier than now. He was a guy that that thumped the Bible around when he was acting like an asshole or things were going bad. I know people like that in my own personal life that act like fucking pieces of shit and scumbags, but a week later their uh, their header on their Facebook page is them with, with the Bible. Like, okay, like if you're gonna live by the Bible, live by the Bible. Be a good person, but don't fucking throw it in everybody's face because you're acting like an asshole and you think this is your way of. Oh, I know last week I'm a fucking scumbag, but I read the Bible, so I'm okay. No, fuck you. I'm not saying that's what Matt Hughes is doing. I'm just saying I don't hate the comment. I actually kind of like the comment. I thought it was it, I thought it cut through. I thought it got his point across. I thought that was the bit that he's doing. Let's not get sensitive about Matt Hughes. He's still walking around. He's still what he was. This is also the guy that chastised Rosado about showboating, right? Matt Hughes is kind of a dick. The comment was made, and I liked it. I think these journalists, this is one, you know, this separates me from the Ariel Hawanis. This separates me from, you know, the John Morgans, the people who, who want to write about how horrible of a comment it was. Let's grow up. Okay. The comment was good. It was a fucking jab at him. It was a jab at Matt Hughes. I had no problem with it. I got no problem with it. So, uh, there's that. So that was UFC Newark, Newark, New Jersey. Um, let me see here. Uh, 
Boom. All right. So New York, uh, looking at my phone, gonna take a drink here. All right. So after UFC New York, New York, New Jersey, we have an issue with the 170 pound division. I've said several times, I thought Masada was gonna get the shot. Other people think Colby's gonna get the shot. After that performance and after Colby having a title essentially that they stripped of him, how do you not give Colby the fight? Someone pulled up uh, Colby and Kamar Usman's stats. They're insane. My daughter's hollering. They're insane. They're so similar. It's crazy. Takedowns, takedown effect, whatever it is. The strikes per minute, strikes laying it, defense, all that. They're really close. I love Jorge Masvidal. He's holding out for the Connor or the title fight. I think Masvidal's more appealing to me than Colby Covington is. I like what he's doing. But if we're being honest with ourselves, Masada has two really good wins, electrifying wins. But before that, I think he had two losses and he took a year off. Colby Covington has like 10 or 11 wins maybe in a row. Not exactly sure. So we're going to iron out the 170 pound, 170 pound division, welterweight division now. My guy, Kamar Usman's the champion. I think Kamar Usman should fight Colby Covington next. I think that's the next logical fight. I think they got some heat. They were on the the, the post-fight show, and it was the most awkward thing ever because it was they had security containing him. Colby Covington's not great under pressure. He's got to rehearse his shit, and it just looked weird. It said, I can do it right now. And then Colby's like, well, why would I do it right now? I, I, I get paid to fight. Well, you just said you'll do it right now. What's going on? Kamara was like, going to take off his jacket. You know, it it's it it didn't seem fake. I, I generally think these two guys don't like each other. It just that's not what they're good at. Kamara's Kamara's come a long way in this trash talking game. He's intense when he's in fight mode, but he was kind of in analyst mode, so it was a little whatever. Come fight week, come fight month when they build that up, the intensity is gonna be ramped up and, and he'll have his game face on. So Kamaro Covington should fight. That should be for the title shot in November if Cole, if Covington's healthy. If he didn't get banged up in the Robbie fight, which I don't think he did. He has a cut. Um, I know he's going to pull out of the fight. He got 16 stitches cut. But if he fought in August with the cut, he'll fight November with the cut, assuming nothing else got injured in the fight. So that's that's a, that's going to happen. Tyron Woodley should fight Jorge Masvidal. Tyron Woodley said he's going to fight at the end of the year or next year if something big comes up. Um, listen, disrespect Tyron Woodley all you want. The guy was a defending champion numerous times. He should fight Woodley to get the, or excuse me, Woodley should fight Masvidal to see who's the number one contender. I don't know if Masvidal is going to be interested in that fight. I think they pay him a lot of money, will be. I think that would headline the fight. I think it'd be a really competitive fight. Interesting styles. Um, a fight I definitely would watch. I think it could headline a pay-per-view, co-main event something. Winner gets guaranteed title shot over Covington Usman. Hopefully, Co- Covington and Usman won't get banged up because then he'd be a little more active. So that leaves a couple of guys out, like Leon Edwards. What's he's going to happen? Darren Till is a name that keeps popping up. I think he's going to middleweight. I don't think he's fucking 170 anymore. I don't really know what he's doing. He's kind of a loose cannon. He's on Instagram. He's not on Instagram. He's in Brazil. He's not in Brazil. Not really sure what he's doing. I think he'll be at middleweight. I Hopefully he does. I think his coach, his coach keeps it real. And his coach is like, I don't want no more fucking around with this guy. I don't think his coach is going to let him take a fight unless he's absolutely in it. Um, so I'm going to leave Till off the list. So it's going to leave leave some people out but leon edwards what do you do with him the guys put in a great resume who should he fight he just beat rafael de Sanos. who should leon fight jorge masvidal and leon have some beef they got in the back 
back uh, stage brawl, three-piece in the soda. I don't know if that fight would interest Masvidal. Masvidal has stated title shot or McGregor or nothing, right? He's willing to wait out. I think he's made a lot of money. He's doing appearances. Um, I think he's good for a while. I think he's cool to, to chill out for a little bit. Um, I think the will obviously I matched him up with Woodley. So what do you do with Leon Edwards? I don't think Leon Edwards can sit out. I don't think he has leverage like that, right? He's not a big draw. Not a lot, a lot of American average fans know who he is. He's, he's, Maybe popular in England. I don't know. I don't live in England, but he's not a huge draw. So he needs to fight Santiago Ponsonibio. That's a fight that needs to happen. They're both on long win streaks. They're both stand up guys. That fight needs to happen. I think that could main event a fight night in England, fight night in fucking Argentina, where, where Ponsonibio is from. Ponsonibio gets hurt a lot. So that's a little bit of an issue. But those guys need to match up, right? If he doesn't want to take that fight, then Stephen Thompson's coming back. There's a Stephen Thompson fight in there. But Leon Edwards should not sit out. I think that that would be ill-advised. He's calling for a title shot or Masvidal. I think the UFC would make the Masvidal fight. I just don't know if Masvidal wants to do it. He won't even mention Leon Edwards' name, right? They're both on good winning streaks. They both have put in a lot of work. It'd be an interesting fight. But I think Masvidal wants payday. He wants the title shot. I love that he's calling for a title shot because you never really heard this from him before. But I think he's getting Woodley. I would do Woodley Masvidal. Edwards Ponsonibio. And then we're, we got to see what happens with with Anthony Pettis and, and Nate Diaz as well because Nate Diaz is a 170-pounder. I would like to see Nate Diaz, if he wins, fight Ben Askren. Ben Askren's fighting Damian Maya. Damian Maya, Nate Diaz, is a dream fight for me as well. Both, I mean, because, I mean, uh, they're going to go to the ground, right? I mean, Nate is uh, is talented on the ground. Is he a Damian Maya? I don't know, but no one's ever really submitted Nate. Well, no, he did get submitted by Herm Franca years ago, but... I mean, Nate's a killer on the ground. That'd be an interesting fight. I would like to see the Ben Ashkin fight. I think that's uh, Ben Ashkin's his fucking dork that plays froth and fucking flip-flops. And Nate Diaz is this real dude from Stockton. That's a good trash right there. I mean, that, that would be a good buildup. Ashkin gets past Maya. Nate gets past Anthony. That That's a fight. That's a fight that needs to happen. That, you know, that, and I love that. And then we got Mike Perry versus Vincent Luque this weekend. Neil Magny's floating around there. Uh, Alessio Dos Santos is in the top 15 now. He's floating around there. Uh, Robbie Lawler, obviously. I think Robbie Lawler would be an interesting fight for uh, Ponsonibi as well. Uh, a Stephen Thompson-Robbie Lawler fight would be very interesting. There's a lot of things that happen, but um, hopefully that cleans that up for you guys. I mean, I know I did a pretty good job, but hopefully that cleans up um, everything you need to know uh, about what needs to happen in that division. One of the most exciting divisions. A lot of people talk about 155. They talk 145. 170 right now has got some fucking savages. And, and Kamar Usman, my guy... He's he's at the top of the heap. All right. So we'll do two things and I'll end with the other thing that's going to piss people off. So Cain Velasquez made his wrestling debut. He looked fucking great. I mean, I haven't watched wrestling in years. I saw the clips of him. He's doing fucking backflips. He looked great for his first wrestling match. I don't know why. I mean, I know it's like Mexican heritage tradition, whatever, to wear a mask. Uh, he took it off after the fight, though, right? You're not supposed to take it off. Because uh, I've seen Rey Mysterio doing autographs on this fucking mask. Um, but he looked fantastic. He looked great. I, you know, listen, I love Cain Velasquez as a heavyweight. Heavyweight God, we know he needs him. The UFC needs him at heavyweight. But I don't wouldn't mind if he left the UFC and, and, and went wrestling and did WWE if he ever made it there. I mean, he was, he fucking impressed me. He looked good. Um, you know, he's super athletic guy, super quick. And, 
the clips I showed, he looked great. I mean, I didn't see the whole thing, so maybe he looked like dog shit on the on on some of the other stuff. But I don't know. He looked pretty good, guys. And then um, Corey Anderson versus uh, Johnny Walker. That just got announced for was it uh, was it MSG? They got put on. I'm not quite sure. I love that fight. Johnny Walker versus Corey Anderson. Love that fight. I love it for two reasons. Corey Anderson's a guy who kind of got thrown on the bus by Dana. Dana says this dude. I've offered him twenty fights. And he hasn't taken it. Um, Corey Anderson admitted that he has turned down fights because I think his, his wife had a baby. So he kind of went to slow down a little bit. Johnny Walker's the guy everyone's pushing, right? Johnny Walker's calling for John Jones. Johnny Walker's the guy who's knocking everybody the fuck out, right? He heard his arm celebrating. He hasn't even got hurt in a fight yet, but he heard his arm celebrating. When I saw Johnny Walker knock out, um, God, why am I blanking on his name now? Oh, you piece of shit, Brian. Fuck. Who did John? Oh my God. Okay. I, I, I'm blanking on the name and I'm, uh, I'm absolutely embarrassed. Johnny Walker's debut. When he won that fight, I went, whoa, because the dude he beat who I can't remember is awesome, right? Insane. Uh, then he goes off and beats a couple other scrubs, but he's knocking everybody out. Courtney Anderson's a, a, a unique dude. Courtney Anderson has been knocked out before, um, has been rattled before does have, I wouldn't say a chin issue, but it can be touched. His stand-up, his, it's kind of a pressure situation. I don't think his stand-up's clean or polished. It's more pressure to get you down. I want to see how Johnny Walker does against a wrestler because you think he's going to go in there with John Jones and not get taken down? You think he's going to go down there with anybody and not get taken down? So this is going to answer a lot of questions about Johnny Walker, and uh, I would love to uh, I'd love to see it. I'm, I'm, it's bothering me. I got I to gotta look that up. I got to look at who that, up, uh, who that fucking fighter was. God damn it, Brian. He's not he's not in the top ten. UFC's website stinks, by the way. UFC.com stinks. Like have fucking like a record up there. Ah, Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree Jr., right? God, why couldn't I remember that? And he's looked great. Yeah, I saw him fight in Atlanta. He looks fantastic i'm so embarrassed i'm not editing that out i told you i don't edit i'm not gonna edit that out when i look like a fucking clown because i couldn't remember his name okay so the final thing here before we wrap up we're about an hour one um i'm gonna have fight fight night picks uh later this week i'm gonna do a real quick pick them i was gonna add it to the end of this but i really don't like running super long on episodes um you know i don't think people need to hear me for an hour hour and a half um so i will be doing picks um that'll come out friday so i'll do picks for i think they're in uruguay I don't know the city, but uh, it's a decent little card. I'm going over it now. Um, haven't picked any uh, any of the fights yet, but I, I just looked up the odds. Anyway, so the talk of the town, the talk of the MMA world, Chris Cyborg's feud with Dana White. Dana White, uh, Chris Cyborg fought Felicia Spencer. She really, I talked about this on a podcast. Your boy fucking called this. You heard it first here on the MMA Takes Podcast. She released a video, or at least her team did. And it made it seem like Dana White said something he didn't. And I said, that was edited. That wasn't what he said. I know. And again, I defend Dana pretty blindly. I like Dana. I respect Dana. Um, I think he gets a lot of heat, unnecessary heat. I think he, some things he says are, are ridiculous, but I think he gets unnecessary heat. I think a lot of people like to hate him. Um, but he uh, didn't say what he did. And then he Chris released the real video after Dana White's interview and said, hey, my team edited this. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And, and really came forward with it. And, and Dana White responded and kind of said, hey, thank you. 
So Dana White sat down with Laura Senko, who works for the UFC. They sat in his office. Dana knew the questions before there. Dana probably wrote the fucking questions, or at least his team did. Senko is just a body. I don't have a problem with that, right? I know a lot of people do. I don't have a problem with that. Whatever. Dana White controls his own narrative. Dana White is getting ahead of the story. So in the interview, I was going to play some clips of it. Um, it's a little too long. And uh, I mean, I think everyone kind of knows what it is. So basically, he sits down and jumps right into the problems he has with Cyborg. So he said something about testing. Po- it all started with her, her testing positive in Strikeforce. Kind of a cop out, if you ask me. Um, if she, if you were so worried about her testing positive in Strikeforce, then why did you basically create a division for her? A um, little bit of a, a little bit of a kind of a jab at her for a necessary jab. I think they have had problems. Um, and, and Dana White has the right in the position he's in not to work with somebody who's difficult. She seems to be pretty difficult. From my understanding, her new contract, she wanted to be able to go do kickboxing and boxing and, and other things without the promotion of the UFC. That's not how this works, right? Conor McGregor only gets to do that, and um, she's not Conor McGregor. Um, then she came out. Uh, and uh, Back to the interview, excuse me. I'll, I'll finish Dana's interview, and then we'll go back and forth. Um, basically, he said... Chris Cyborg's free and clear. I'm releasing her. We're not going to offer her a contract. My lawyer is going to send her lawyer or team uh, a signed letter of, of, of you're, you're gone. There's no matching period. Typically, when a contract ends with a fighter, um, like this happened to Ryan Bader, the, the Bellator reached out to Ryan Bader and offered him a lot of money. Now, the UFC, since they have a contract, it's all in every contract clause, they have the right to match it, right? The UFC decides not to match it. Ryan Bader sends a Bellator. So he released a letter saying, We're, there's no matching period. You're gone. You can go sign with wherever you want. A lot of people are up in arms about that. They say, fuck you, Dana. You're releasing a woman in her prime. You're under promoter. You're under this. I think that's wrong. I think they promoted her just right. They created a division for her. A division where there's not many women in that division, let alone in the UFC, let alone in the world, right? There's not a ton of women in that. They created one for her. They let her fight. They gave her a belt. And every fight she was in was she's co-main or main event. Every single fight. So I don't understand how they underpromoted her. And then Cyborg is upset and she demanded, after the fight, after the Spencer fight, she demanded an apology from Rogan and Dana for her what they said before. We talked about this. Pretty sure Rogan, Rogan uh, reached out and said sorry at least multiple times. Not sure um, if he ever did a face-to-face, but at least uh, he released something. Dana hasn't really done it. I, I'm assuming that, but this goes back to, this is kind of a catch, not a catch 22. This is kind of hypocrisy because Dana's bringing up stuff that shouldn't matter with the steroids. If the steroids matter, why'd you create a vision for it? Why'd you sign it? Now cyborgs bringing up the shit Dana and Joe said years ago, as awful as it was. Cause I think it was kind of what Dana said across the line. Um, now what now if that was a big enough problem for her. Why did she sign with the UFC? And why has she been happy this whole time? She's only been complaining after her loss to Nunes. That's been the big issue. She lost to Nunes, which was her real first professional loss, and she does not handle it that well. So she's lasting out. She's making different reasons, right? Um, I think she's a fantastic fighter, but I don't know how much of a loss it is when she's gone. She's going to go to Bellator, probably fight Julia Bond, Bond, Bud, whatever, Julia, right? Um, get paid a little bit. Probably fight Julia twice because there's not a ton of women over there. 
if she was smart, she'd go to PFL because, I mean, she's going to beat Sarah Kaufman. She's going to – Kayla uh, Harrison is, is going to be a tough out because Kayla's really good and she's big. Um, but that would be a good place for her because if she wins that – I mean, she wins a million dollars. She go box. She has a name. But Dana, I think, hit the nail on the head, which I don't think people are giving respect. They're, they rather shit all over them. She wants easier fights and bigger paydays. I'm sure she's getting paid a lot at UFC, but there's bigger numbers out there when with with, with people that want to promote. They want to be in the Chris Cyborg business. So there's bigger numbers out there. So I don't understand the hate Dana's getting from this interview. Sure. It was an interview that I'm sure his team wrote the questions. Those weren't Laura Sanko's questions. She just happened to be asking him. He knew what he was going to say, right? He had this all planned out. He was getting ahead of it. I think that's a smart business move. They're running a business. Now, say what you want about how they treated her before, what they treat her now. They created a division for her. They gave her a belt. They promoted her. They put her on co-main and main events everywhere she goes. And she's a fantastic fighter. I don't think anybody's disputing that. I think she got upset because Dana backed Amanda Nunes after Nunes knocked her out. And then kind of came out and said, you don't want to fight Nunes. Let's do a one-fight deal. That might have not been Chris Cyborg. That could have been Cyborg's team. If you watch any of the Cyborg behind the videos, I think she used to do a video blog. She has yelled at her nutritionist that she doesn't work with anymore. She is a little bit of a diva because she knows that she's the best, one of the best in the world. I think that loss really hit the ego. I think that made her take a step back. And I think we're seeing even a little more diva tendencies. I mean, that's not a woman thing. Listen, men can be divas too. But if you watch any of the behind the scenes clip of Chris Cyborg with the argument with her nutritionist to her coach to numerous other things, she has a little bit of diva tendencies. And I think that parlayed, using a gambling term because I have a big vocabulary, parlayed into her problems with the UFC. You're never going to win going against the UFC. You're just not going to do it. Rashad Evans gave the best advice ever. I'm not sure if he gave this at his Hall of Fame speech, but he gave it during the Hall of Fame weekend. He said, if my advice for younger fighters is don't go against the company because you're not going to win. And he's right. You're not going to win, right? I'm going to tune in if if Cyborg fights Kelly Harrison because I like, I like the UFC. But the average guy, the guy who I was talking about earlier at work, he doesn't know what the PFL is. He doesn't know what Bellator is. So when you leave the cyborg, when you leave the UFC business and you go and you, and, and you fight elsewhere and you make a ton of money, that's fine, but don't leave, right? And then go somewhere and then demand to fight someone in the UFC. It's the same thing with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler had an opportunity to sign with UFC. He did not. He signed with Bellator. When he signs with Bellator again on a bigger deal, after his first fight, after the big contract, he says, I want to fight Khabib. Well, asshole, you had your fucking shot to fight him. That's going to be the same thing with uh, with Cyborg. She's going to go off. She's going to fight Bellator, PFL, whatever, and then call it Amanda Nunes. Y- you had your shot to find Amanda Nunes. You lost to her. I would have loved to see a rematch. I would have loved her to see her stick around at, at in the UFC. I have nothing against Cyborg. Don Madge, personal friend of mine. <laughs> I mean, not really, but I love Don Madge. He's close with Cyborg. So I have no problem with Cyborg, but I have a problem with why everyone has a problem with what Dana White's saying. Cyborg's team edited a video to make it seem like he was saying something he wasn't. She has been a problem. And when Dana White says a fighter's been a problem, no one takes him on his word for it. Maybe they actually have been a problem. You don't know that. People just automatically don't side with Dana White because they don't like Dana White. And I'm talking not everybody. I'm talking about journalists and and people who have had run-ins with them, right? Is Dana White perfect? Absolutely not. Could you disagree with them and not like them? Sure. I can see why you're not. 
I just, as a guy who's trying to be unbiased as, 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 as all get out, right? Hosting this podcast, trying to be unbiased. I don't see what the big deal is. I know he did a fake interview and made it seem like it was organic. It wasn't, but he got the facts out there and I have no reason to disbelieve him. Like if he comes out and goes, all oh, the fights finalized, we're done, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll second guess him because that's fallen apart before, but I don't see why he'd come out and do this if, if there wasn't a real problem between the relationship. So that's my two cents. That's it. That's the show. Ran a little long. I like talking to you guys. I like talking to you guys. Um, again, some more content's going to be coming out. I won't, I don't want to keep harping on it. Uh, follow my Instagram MMA takes podcast on Instagram. Follow my Twitter at MMA takes. I tweet more than I post on Instagram. I'm trying to change it up a little bit. I'm trying to put some more videos out there. Again, I'm, I'm going to flirt with the idea of, uh, of putting, maybe recording, um, some podcasts and, and whatnot. I would, I would definitely record if I get a guest in here, but if it's just me, I don't really know if you guys just want to stare at me while I, I talk and drink water and stuff, but you might, I mean, you might, you might see me, uh, you might see me in the near future, but um, so yeah, follow me on those platforms, MMAtakes.com. There is a website. I, I don't update it very often because I'm so swamped with trying to figure out how to get this as perfect as it is and, and adding more things to it that it's not, uh, it's not as where I want it to be, but I, I plan on updating it. So again, follow me on all social media, uh, the contender series tonight. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. It's 648. So we got about an hour for that. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then I will talk to you guys on Friday with my Uruguay picks. All right. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He will roll you. Baby, don't you know? My heat will move your soul. Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?